You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. It gets warmer outside, so there's more and more of a temptation or at least a desire to go ahead and do so. And uh, I think it's worthwhile to go ahead and to uh, to see. Many people also, they end up going on vacation various uh, places. So can you go swimming in a pool? Can you go into a river? Can you go into the ocean, a lake? Wherever you're going to go to try and cool down on a very hot uh, Shabbos. So is it something which is allowed? Is it something which is uh, which is not allowed? So let's, uh, uh, pun fully intended, let's just dive in. Ah, okay. So... Uh, the discussion begins with a Mishnah over here in Masechah's Beitza, or Beya, depending on your preference of pronunciation. But the Mishnah over there is uh, it's in the it's in the middle of a broader discussion. But the Mishnah there mentions that there are a number of things which are rabbinically prohibited to do on Shabbos or Yantif. The term that Chazal used for something which is rabbinically prohibited is a Shvus. That's the word which is highlighted uh, should be on the screen right now. So the Mishnah goes ahead, the Mishnah there in Masechus Beya goes ahead and lists a number of cases, number of activities which are rabbinically prohibited. So it says, So the following are activities which are rabbinically prohibited on Shabbos or Yantif. So one thing which you're not allowed to do is climb a tree. Tree climbing is a uh, prohibited activity on Shabbos. And then, that's for the kids, obviously, not for us. Way too old for that. Nor is one allowed to ride around on the back of an animal. So whatever animal that happens to be, a horse, a camel, a, a donkey, whatever that's going to be. And the one which is significant for us is So you're not allowed to go ahead and, I don't know the etymology of all of these words, but it means you're not allowed to go swimming. If you want to go uh, lap swimming or something like that. So swimming is an activity which Chazal went ahead and prohibited on Shabbos or Yant. Midaraisa it would be acceptable, but Midarbanan is something which is Asr. What's the reason? What the Malachas involved or what were Chazal concerned about when they said that you're not allowed to go swimming on Shabbos? So the Gemara explains, the bold is the quote from the Mishnah, What's the reason? So Chazal's concern was that if you don't know how to swim yet, so before you could go ahead and you could buy an inner tube or something, oh, Ralph, there you go. Uh, before you could go ahead and uh, get, uh, buy an inner tube or some inflatable to allow you to be able to, uh, to float down the water, so you had to go ahead and you had to manufacture your own raft. And manufacturing a raft is something which is Asr, that you're not allowed to do, as we'll see in Rashi in a moment. So because it was uh, common enough or concerning enough to Chazal that if they allowed swimming, that people would end up making one of these swimming rafts. So therefore they said, as a precautionary measure, we are going to go ahead and prohibit anybody from swimming on Shabbos or Yontif just to make sure that it doesn't lead to making some sort of raft. What is this Chavis Shal Shaitin? What was this swimmer's tube that they used to make? So Rashi explains, Kli Shal Guma. So it is a utensil, it is a uh, device, which is made from reed. so that you would go ahead and you would weave together the different pieces. Ve'osin Kemin Chavis Arucha. 
And by weaving these pieces together, I don't know exactly how it's done. I didn't look for a picture of it, but whatever it's going to look like, it's going to look like some sort of raft or something. So, and it would end up looking like a long barrel. So I assume it's rectangular in the in shape. Ule made in bolashut. And being that, you could go ahead and, if you remember, kickboards from the good old days. So it's probably some sort of kickboard. So it's something that you're holding in your hands so you can learn how to, uh, to swim. And that was something which was common enough that it represented a genuine concern on the part of Chazal that if the person were to go ahead and do this, that they, uh, that they may go ahead and manufacture this, uh, this swimmer's tube. And therefore, to make sure that, uh, that it's us, to make sure that nobody would do such a thing, so they prohibited swimming altogether. Okay? Straightforward enough. So we seem to have a, uh, a clear prohibition of Chazal, swimming is Aser. But now the question is, and we should all uh, know this uh, by now from this series, that one of the main things we do when we give a shear or when we go ahead and we have a halachic discussion is there's going to be some definition, something which we need to define, some activity or some uh, term which we take for granted, which in halacha uh, we should not take for granted, and we need to go ahead and define. And that definition is what is swimming. Right, so like Ralph uh, in- indicated, I'm, I gathered from your uh, your motion, Ralph, that you don't actually swim. You're not going to be a lap swimmer. Like an axe rabbi with my head down and my feet in the air. You what? Say again. Like an axe with my head down like an and my feet in the air. Excellent. Yeah. Beautiful. So, uh, so what exactly is the definition of swimming? So, although Ralph doesn't swim, he may not go horizontal on the water. He may go ahead and stand vertically in a pool in order to be able to uh, to cool down. So, is standing in a pool does that constitute swimming according to Chazal, according to this restriction? <coughs> or is swimming going to be what we associate with? It's going to be the butterfly stroke, or it's going to be the crawl, or it's going to be the backstroke. It's going to be somehow where your body is going to be horizontal, is going to be on the surface of the water, and you are moving yourself along, but walking around in the water, maybe walking and jumping and uh, you know splashing. So maybe that doesn't constitute swimming. And although you may not be able to swim, who wants to swim anyways, if you could go ahead and you could jump around and you could, you know, push siblings under the water or something like that, who doesn't enjoy a good, uh, you know, uh, dunking a sibling under the water? So what is our definition of swimming? Excellent question. I'm glad you asked. So this, what? This is something which is mentioned in the, is is addressed by the Gemara and Shabbos. So the Gemara and Shabbos here, source number four, Daf Memo Mebe says as follows: Amar Abzeira, says he makes a, a, an observation or he reports an observation. He says, Bambati." I saw Rabbi Avo Deshat who was swimming. That's our, our, our word for swimming. Bambati means in a uh, some sort of a, a bath. So this is an above-ground pool, let's just call it. So I saw Rabbi Avo swimming around in an above-ground pool. Says Reb however, as I, and this is obviously on Shabbos, if this was on a Tuesday, nobody would care. And he says, however, But what I could not tell, because the water may have been cloudy or something, what I could not tell is 
when Rabbi Avo was quote unquote swimming, was were his feet on the ground or were his feet off of the ground? Akar means to uproot. So e akar means did he lift up his feet off of the bottom of the pool and therefore he was floating or what we would call in English actually swimming? Elo akar or perhaps he did not lift up his feet and he was just standing around in the water. So the Gemara says. What do you mean? Well, how could Reb Zeyer possibly have been uncertain about this matter? Pshita Dula'akar. It's clear that there's no way Rabbi Avo, that Rabbi Avo would have lifted up his feet while he was in this above-ground pool. Why is it obvious that there's no way he lifted up his feet? Ditanya, because the Brisa teaches, which parallels the Mishnah, which we saw in Beitzah, that a person is not allowed to swim in a pool which is filled with water. So, even if that pool happens to be in a yard, and we'll see why being in a yard is something which needs to be emphasized, but we say that you're not allowed to swim in a pool of water, even if it happens to be surrounded by a fence. So being that the brisa is very explicit, that you're not allowed to swim in a pool of water, so how could Rebbe, Rebbe Zeira possibly think that maybe Rebbe Avo was swimming? Clearly, swimming is something which is usher, and had he lifted up his feet, that would qualify as swimming, and uh, that would clearly be usher. So even something like um, treading water, so even that is something which is, uh, which is going to be usher. So even though you're just floating in place, but your feet are, are off the ground, so even that, the, uh, the Gemara says, it's clear that that would be prohibited that does qualify as swimming. And therefore, there's no way Rabbi Avo would have lifted up his feet off of the ground. So why did Rabbi Zeyra have this uncertainty? So the Gemara says, Lokasha. The Gemara says, you know what? Uh, there's no contradiction between Rabbi Zeyra's uncertainty about what exactly Rabbi Avo was doing in the water and the Brisa, which states, which rules explicitly that you're not allowed to go swimming. What's that? How are we going to uh, distinguish between the two? So we say, So we differentiate between, we're going to say for right now, we're going to translate Gidude as a rim. So it's going to depend on whether or not we're actually dealing with an above-ground pool. An above-ground pool is going to have a rim around the top of the pool. That's going to be in contrast with a beach. When you go into a lake, there's no rim around the water. You just have it just slopes up and eventually uh, the slope goes high enough that there's no longer water over there, but there's no rim which is going to contain the water inside of it. So suddenly we find out that there's going to be a halachic difference between a body of water that is contained inside of something, like in a, a, a bathtub or an above ground pool, and something like a lake or an ocean or a river where there's nothing on the side which is going to be able to contain that water. Now, what so is this? Is the assumption that you're not going to make a raft in, a, in an enclosed pool? Oh, so, so let's see. So hold on. Good. So he says, so now what exactly is a pshat? Now Rashi brings down two pshat, two explanations as to what's the difference between whether there is a rim around the water or not. We're going to say whether the water is, in a, in, in a, is contained or not contained. That'll be, I think, a simpler way to, uh, to express it. So rather than read the Tupshatim of, of, of Rashi, so we're just going to go ahead and see what Rit, the, the Ritva's comment, because he just goes straight to what he thinks is correct. And the Ritva writes, 
the Pirish Rashi's out. He says, in my opinion, the correct explanation of the Gemara, the correct interpretation of the Gemara, is Rashi's second pshat, which is the chiles legedude, uh, that when the uh, body of water does not have a rim, the hainu safa gavoa, the safa gavoa, so it doesn't have a rim above the water level, then lacking a rim, damyalin nahar, so then it's going to be similar to a river that resembles a river more. And that is going to be the subject of, that's going to be the, um, the focus of Chazal's restriction against swimming on, uh, on Shabbos. Obviously for them, primarily swimming was done in natural pools of water, whether it was a lake or whether it was a river or a stream or something like that. But swimming was done in, the, in, that type of, uh, in that type of environment, that type of body of water. So therefore, when Chazal went ahead and made the Gzeira that you're not allowed to swim, so according to the way the Ritva is interpreting the Gemara, it's only going to be true when you are in some body of water which is contained in the ground, which is on the ground, not contained, which is on the ground. Aval, but in contrast, Kat Isle Gedude, but in the event that the body of water has a rim about it, then Havakakli. So then you're not swimming in a body of water, you're now swimming in a utensil. An above ground pool also at the end of the day is still a utensil. It's a very large utensil and it's able to contain a lot, but at the end of the day, it's still a utensil. And Velodami Linahar, And it does not resemble a river at all, and therefore was never subject to the Gzeira. So what this means, what this means is, is that clearly in the event that you want to go swimming in a body of water, like a river or a lake or an ocean, where there's no rim around the water, that is what Chazal Asr. That is clear. That's what the Mishnah says, and that's what the Brisa says, and that's what was Asr by Chazal. I, don't want to say, I keep wanting to say natural bodies of water, but it could even be man-made lake. But it's going to be something which resembles something which is just on the ground, not contained in a utensil. But once you go ahead and you utensilize it, if we could go ahead and coin that term. So once you go ahead and you utensilize it, so that's where Rabbi Zeira had the uncertainty that when he saw Rabbi Avo in an above-ground pool, is that also something which is usher if he were to lift up his feet? Because the Gzeira, again, swimming extends even to above-ground pools. Or is it something which is, was never part of the original Gzeira? And above-ground pools are going to be subject just to the Daraisa, and therefore, swimming, given certain conditions, which we'll talk about, but swimming may very well be permitted inside an above-ground pool. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm just confused because the Gomorrah specifically gave the reason for the Gezerah as you might make a raft. And, and, you know, it seems to me that the ability to make a raft shouldn't depend on whether the pool has a rim or doesn't have a rim. Right. Right, so you, what, what you have to keep in mind, Art, uh, thank you for, for, for bringing up that point. So what you have to keep in mind is that when Chazal made Gzairas, they made their Gzairas in the common uh, occurrences and not in what they considered to be uh, uh, un- uncommon uh, um, scenarios. So Chazal went ahead and when they issued this decree, that's what Reb Zeyra's uncertainty is, that when Chazal went ahead and said that you cannot go swimming, so is that going to be limited? Did Chazal uh, prohibit 
the normal manner of swimming, which is in bodies of water like a lake or a river or an ocean? Or did they say anytime you're in water, it's going to be subject to that, uh, to that prohibition? And because it may very well be that even though you're right, that you may make a raft inside of a clee, they probably, it was probably less likely that they were going to make a raft in the, an above ground pool just because it's not going to be as deep and uh, there's going to be a rim nearby. I don't know how wide, you know, if they had the engineering technology to make a wide bodied um, above ground pool. You know, you need pretty strong materials to be able to hold that much water, all that water pressure, which is pushing to the side. You need something which is pretty strong. I don't know if they had the ability to go ahead and do so. So whatever their above ground pools were was probably something like, um, you know, uh, uh, the size of a hot tub. In a hot tub, I don't know if you're going to really need a raft in order to uh, in a hot tub. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you okay. should be able to survive pretty well with, uh, without it because you can reach to the sides no matter where you are. Okay. So now, the question is, how is this codified now? So the Gemara itself doesn't tell us, doesn't answer the question. So Rabbi Zeyra says, I don't know exactly what Rabbi Avo was doing. Did he lift up his feet or did he not? And the Gemara's focus uh, uh, in that sugi is, did he, why was Rabbi Zeyra at all uncertain about it? But it doesn't tell us what, what the maskana is, what the, what the final conclusion is. So for this, we have to turn to Shulchan Aruch. And you see, I have, we're going to read a bunch of Mishaburas. So just so you know where the Mishabura is going to be commenting, I left in the uh, parentheses the different letters which we're going to see. So, but first here, let's go Shochanach. So it says, Shochanach, Simen Shin Lametesiv Beis, ain't shotting up their mind. You can't go swimming on the water, in water. I feel a even if you're going to be in a pool inside of your yard. Why? Because, sorry, I'm all over the place. Because in the event that there's no uh, rim, you just, let's say you have a, uh, the type of yard that uh, when it rains a lot, so you have a large collection of water in your yard, there's a, uh, you know, a, a depression inside of your backyard so that when there's a heavy rain, so you actually have a little bit of a, of a pool over there. So the reason why you're not allowed to swim back there is because when you go swimming, inevitably the water is going to leave the quote-unquote pool and ends up on the ground. And that resembles a river where also nothing contains the water. So if you splash in the river, you're going to splash outside of the river. But but in the event that there's a rim around the water, meaning it's contained in a utensil, mutter. So then it's going to be mutter. Then it's allowed to, then you're allowed to swim. Why? Because when you're inside of a pool, even if you go ahead and you splash, so in all likelihood, the splash out of the, uh, out of the water is going, to hit the, is going to hit the rim and then fall back into the water again. So it just bounces to the side and then falls back in again. And therefore, havile kikli, Therefore, really, the, the, what we are in is not considered like a river or anything of that sort, but rather it's you're inside of a, an above-ground pool, a utensil. And when you're in a bathtub of sorts, so we're not afraid that you're going to go ahead and you're going to be tempted to make a raft in order to learn how to swim in your bathtub because you're not really going anywhere anyways in your bathtub. You're just going to go ahead and stay put. You're not going to go anywhere in your, uh, in your hot tub. You're just going to go ahead and uh, remain 
in place, and therefore the concern about making a raft is not applicable when the water is in a utensil. Okay, now that is that's what Shulchan Aruch says. So Shulchan Aruch draws this distinction between a body of water which is contained by walls and a body of water which is not contained by walls at all. If it's contained by walls, so then there's room for leniency, then it's allowed, uh, Shulchan Aruch says, in the event that the water is not contained by walls, so it's going to be problematic. So swimming in a river, swimming in a lake on Shabbos, or going to the ocean and going inside of the water, so that for sure is going to be prohibited. The question is going to be, can we get away with an above-ground pool, or perhaps even our in-ground pools, the water never goes all the way up to the top of the thing. It's always a few inches below the top because you don't want the water spilling out all, all over the place. And therefore, maybe that's already considered to be enough of a rim that maybe the gzair of chazal against swimming doesn't apply to um, our types of backyard pools. Okay. So now let's see what the Mishabur says. Mishabur says you can't go swimming in the water. He says, meaning that your hands and feet are in the water, meaning they're not touching the ground. So this is now answering the question that even if you're treading water, you're not horizontal, you're vertical in the water, but your feet are not touching the ground. So that also is part of this decree against swimming that meets the halachic definition of swimming. And the reason is, because of the concern that maybe you'll go ahead and you will construct that raft. So as soon as you're no longer physically touching in contact with the ground, that constitutes swimming and you'll want a flotation device. And once you want a flotation device, that raises the concern that you'll go ahead and you'll weave together a bunch of sticks so that you'll have a raft. As we see later on, Okay, the rest of it we already saw. And that's going to be the flotation device that they would go ahead and they would make back in the time of Chazal by weaving together some, uh, um, some, uh, some branches with some, um, um, some reed. Okay, now next Mishavura says, um, Okay, uh, we don't really have to read that inside so much. The, the, the Mishabura says that the pool that they would have in their yard is not like I described, not that it excludes it, but it's not a pool which, uh, which collects when there's a heavy rain, but back in the time of Chazal, before there were washing machines and whatnot, so you would go ahead and you would pour a large amount of water onto the ground, and that's where you did your laundry. So it was not uncommon for people to have a collection, a, a pool of water in their yard for laundry purposes or for the purpose of soaking flax before you manufacturing it into thread. Now he says, Now the whole thing over here was swimming in your yard. And this is going to be another reason why a public lake or river or ocean may be problematic. So Mishabura says, In the event that this pool were to be located in a public domain, and here public domain doesn't mean it's a public access, but this is going to meet the, this means the Shabbos definition of a Rishus HaRabim. So then, if, but if it's in a true Rishus HaRabim, so belav hachi, aser, then anyways, it's going to be aser to swim. Why? Because once you're in Rishus HaRabim, if you go ahead and start kicking in the water, or you go ahead and you start splashing somebody. So if you start pushing around water, 
and it goes for Amos in Rishus Arabim, so that already is a malacha of hotza of transporting something. So anyways, in Rishus Arabim, you're going to run into a problem. Or for our purposes, even in a Carmelis, it's going to, it, should, it would be a problem. So the whole question is only in the event that this pool is surrounded by some sort of Eruv, by a fence or a wall or some, say, some sort of Eruv area. Um, okay, the rest of the Mishiburas is, uh, is defining things that I think we, uh, we explained enough about, the, about that. So now the question is, so uh, what's going to be Lamaisa as far as what the uh, uh, swimming on Anahate? So can we get away with swimming inside in a pool that has a rim around it in a backyard, which is surrounded by a fence or a wall? Is that something which is going to be allowed or not? Okay. So now let's see. Rav Moshe, he's good. we're going to see um, two things from Rav Moshe. Uh, but the first one is, uh, is uh, more of a, a general idea. And this has to do with bathing, really, more than uh, swimming. But you'll see it's going to be relevant. So he says, Moshe writes, What I responded to in the last simon, about bathing, he gives you where he discusses it. He says, what I mentioned over there, that we don't find that there's any prohibition on Shabbos to shower that's lehit lakeach, lehit kaleach. Sorry, lehit kaleach is to shower in cold water on Shabbos. He says we don't find that there should be now. Cold means all the way to the cold. Doesn't mean not hot. It doesn't mean warm. It means only cold water coming out of the shower. So Moshe says we don't find in earlier sources that there is such a prohibition. Why? Not why, but meaning what? The the, the minog, which is mentioned by the Truma Sadeshen against bathing, where there's a prohibition to go into rivers or a mikvah, that's where the restriction is going to be where you enter into the body of water. So that minog, uh, to refrain from bathing, only refers to we, we in our 21st century, 20th century and 21st century, we associate showers and bathing as one and the same. Usually because your shower and your ba- or in the bath are essentially one, uh, w- one piece. You have a bath and you uh, take a shower standing in your, in your bathtub. But Rav Moshe says, halakhically, they're very different. Because the minog, which is mentioned by the Rishonim, which is codified in Shulchan Aruch, against bathing and perhaps even going to the mikvah, that only applies when you enter the water. But that does not include pouring cold water over your head. The ice bucket challenge. So there's nothing which says that the ice bucket challenge is going to be Asar on Shabbos, where where you stand under the shower and water is coming down onto you. And he does some analysis in the middle. We don't find that there's any restriction against going into cold water, cold shower on Shabbos. Which is to shower in a shower. And now, in case you don't know what the word, so Moshe goes that and transliterates. 
That word is not seor, because it's not Pesach time, but that's the best you could do to transliterate shower, because we don't really have a W sound. So we'll have to go ahead and use an alf and a vav for that. But he says shaver. So to go ahead and shaver, so that is where every house now has a shower in it, that we don't find that there should be such, such a restriction. He says, nonetheless, most people go ahead and they, they, they almost instinctively, people know that you don't shower on Shabbos. But Rav Moshe is saying there's really no halachic reason for the, uh, re- refraining from showering on Shabbos in cold water. And he says, he says that the fact that people do it, that they refrain, it's not clear whether people refrain from doing so because generally people like hot showers. Or he says, maybe people consider it to be a weekday activity. It's not a Shabbos, it's not something you do on Shabbos. On the weekday you shower. If people are refraining for some sort out of some sort of halacha consideration, maybe we could say that not showering on Shabbos is something which is a minute. But maybe it comes out of ignorance that people don't shower on Shabbos. That, that what don't they know? What's the, what are they ignorant of? Because if it's because they don't differentiate, they didn't realize that there's a halachic difference between a bath where you enter the water and a shower where the water pours on your head. So if they refrain from showering on Shabbos out of ignorance, then it wouldn't rise to the level of a minute. And then it would be okay to go ahead and do so. And then he says... Um, okay, I don't want to spend too much more time on this. He says, let's just jump to the end of the next paragraph there. He says, Even though we, we by definition, we cannot find an earliest farm that there would be a restriction against a cold shower, just because they didn't have the, the ability to do so. And therefore, it's, it may very well be that people refraining from showering on Shabbos in cold water is without the intention to establish a minag. They mistakenly thought that it's Aser, but they didn't intentionally intend to uh, create a minag. And it may have just been born out of ignorance that people don't do so. But he says, and this is important to know, he says, that generally one should refrain, being that it's, it's assumed that we don't shower on Shabbos, so one should refrain from showering on Shabbos even in just straight up cold water. Because it may very well be that Klai Yisrael, in a sense, adopted this uh, uh, um, practice against uh, showering on, on Shabbos, even in cold water, out of, uh, out of some halacha consideration. But, says Ramosha, but in the event that somebody is really, really hot and they're schwitzing and they're uncomfortable, so if a person is really uncomfortable, so Ramosha says, I can't tell you that it's also to go ahead and take a cold shower. Okay. Now, 
what about now this idea of taking a shower? Now we're going to see that this is going to be relevant as far as this next halach and shochanarach. So, so far we've been talking about swimming. Now we just had Rav Moshe talking about bathing, which is restricted because you're not allowed to go into the water but, uh, to wash your entire body, but showering may be allowed. So now here in source nine, Shochanach says, uh, this is in Shin Chavav, Sif Alpha reading first. You're not allowed to wash your entire body on Shabbos. Even if you not, we're not talk, even talking about when you jump into a bath. But even if you go ahead and you want to wash one limb at a time, you wash your lower arm, you wash your upper arm, you wash your calf, you wash your thigh, you wash your stomach, you wash your bath, you go one, one limb at a time. You're not allowed to do that on Shabbos. That's part of this restriction against bathing. Afil b'mayim shuchmu v'erev Shabbos has nothing to do with the fact that you're heating up the water on Shabbos, even in the event that the water was already heated before Shabbos. And you're not going to be doing any of that malacha. Just bathing in hot water alone or washing one's entire body alone is aser. Bein imheim b'kli, bein imheim b'karka, and it doesn't make a difference where the, the bath is, whether the bath is in a bathtub, a utensil, or whether the water is contained in the ground. And even if you're going to go ahead and you're going to pour the water on your body and you're going to uh, cleanse the body that way, that also is going to be prohibited. But, washing face, hands, and feet on Shabbos, that is acceptable. So it's only going to be your entire body or the majority of your body. Uh, which is going to be uh, which is going to be problematic, but to wash hands, face, and feet, or the Ramah says haga. Oh, ooh. oh, oh, shar evarim, or you can wash any other single limb. provided that you don't wash your entire body or the majority of your body. So that also is something which is going to be allowed. Now, what in the event that you're going to go ahead and you're going to uh, go in the uh, the water? for whatever reason. So now in Siv Zayin there, Shulchan Aruch says, and all this is going to introduce us to Rav Moshe's next tshuva, but he says, HaRochitz Benahar, somebody who is going to go into the river, So when you're coming out of the river, when you come out of that body of water, that river, the lake, you have to make sure that you dry yourself off while you're still in the water. Meaning before you walk out of the body of water entirely, why? Because if you don't dry yourself off entirely, so what's going to happen? You have water all over your body. Because if you don't do so, you've got lots of water on your body. And if you walk from the edge of the lake to your towel, which is 20 feet away, so you just carried all of that water which is on your body for that span of 20 feet. 20 feet is definitely more than four amos. And and that's because because when you get out of a river or a lake, you've got lots of water on your body. That's what happens when you come out of the water. Uh, okay, but then he says, and this is a different uh, uh, discussion, maybe we'll talk about this at some point, what the, the next line that the Shulchan Aruch addresses is that seemingly you should also not be allowed to walk outside in the rain. 
Because when you walk outside in the rain, your clothing absorbs lots of water, probably more water than sticks to your body when you come out of the river. And so if there's a problem because there's water on your body, that that constitutes carrying or transporting that water. So the same issue should really be true if you're walking outside in the rain where you get lots of water, which is absorbed into your clothing. Okay, but that he says that we're not going to address now. Um, now he says that, so even though Shulchan Aruch discussed the possibility of bathing on Shabbos, the Mishabura tells us that Kasra Poskim, that subsequent to the time of Shulchan Aruch, the Poskim have reached the conclusion that we do not uh, bathe, we do not soak ourselves in a river or in a mikvah at all on Shabbos. Why? Because the concern is, is that when you get out, your hair is going to be wet. So what do you do when your hair is wet? So the temptation is going to be, you're going to squeeze, those who have hair, but you're going to go ahead, you're going to squeeze the water out of your hair. Squeezing the water out of your hair is this malacha of schita, of extracting a liquid from a solid. And therefore, here's another reason why you're not going to be allowed to go ahead, that there, there may be a restriction against bathing on uh, Shabbos, swimming on Shabbos, even if it's in your yard, and even if there's a rim around it, so if there's a, uh, if there's a wall around the yard, you're not going to be carrying it all, so that's not a concern. There's a rim around the water, so therefore it may not be subject to the gzera of swimming uh, that we uh, started off with tonight, but the Mishabura says you're still going to run into a problem, which is the fact that if your hair gets wet, so we have to be afraid that you're going to go ahead and squeeze out the water in your hair which is itself going to be problematic. And therefore, the minug is nowadays that we don't go into, a, we, even given all of the ripe conditions, which could have made it permitted in the past, common custom now is, custom which everybody is bound by, is we don't go swimming because of the hair issue. Okay. Now, one last uh, concern, which is mentioned by Rav Moshe over here. Ooh, goes on to the next page. So he says, Rav Moshe says, and this is in, Evan Ezra Chelik Beis Simen Yud Gimel. So he says, Velishchos b'mayim b'Shabbos. I'm just sort of rushing because of time. He says, as far as swimming on Shabbos, Hine b'naru b'leik asa medina. He says, to go into a river or a lake, so that is asa. That halacha says is asa. V'chein, because that doesn't have a rim around it, so that was part of Chazal's original gezeira, that a body of water which is not contained by a rim, you're not allowed to swim. And even in a pool that you have in your yard, but it doesn't have a rim around it, that also is going to be aser, like the Gemara in Shabbos says. Okay. Now he says, swimming pool. There you have those words. So now, in the event that you actually have a swimming pool in your yard, where in most instances there is a rim around the pool, it's contained, and therefore is not subject to Chazal's general gezerah against swimming on Shabbos. Muter midina mitzat isershat. So he says, technically, that should be permitted in terms of when we focus exclusively on the pro- Chazal's prohibition against swimming, in a private pool in your yard, whether above ground or in ground, either way that should that technically be permitted, like the Gemara in Shabbos says, and was Paskin in Simon Shilamites. But, now here come the qualifications. Aval davkik shomes b'chatzah. So as we said, it's only going to be true in the event that you have a valid eruv around the pool, 
whether it's a fence or whether it's a wire or whatever it happens to be, but you need to have a valid Eruv around the, around the pool. So that you should be able to carry, you don't have to worry about splashing water out. You don't have to worry about coming out of the pool with water on your body. Okay. Um, okay, now he says, we're going to skip over to here. Now he says, and here's where it becomes difficult. He says, vashim. I see this next one. The bathing suits. So now, in the event that you're wearing a bathing suit while you're swimming, and we hope everybody is, so then, even in your yard, with all of these prerequisites uh, in place, that it's surrounded by a wall, and it's contained within a, a pool that has a rim around it, and, uh, and, and the water is cold, so even then, it's going to be, let's say you don't have any hair. That's just to put aside the getting the hair wet the thing. So it's still going to be us if you're wearing a bathing suit, mishum schita. Because just like we're afraid that you're going to squeeze the water out of your hair, you may squeeze the water out of your bathing suit. And other poskim also mention that there's a general restriction against what the restriction uh, included. Let me say it like that. Included in the restriction against doing laundry on Shabbos is soaking a garment in water. Because the assumption is, is that water is always going to launder that garment somewhat. So if you're wearing a bathing suit into the water, you have two problems. Going into the water may be a problem of laundry, laundering. And then when you come out of the water, we have the same concern that you may go ahead and squeeze the water out of the bathing suit. Lorakhlashut, Ella Afli Skarasham Levad Medina. Then this is going to these concerns about the bathing suit. That's going to be true not only if you actually swim horizontally, not only if you're swimming laps, but even if you just go ahead and walking around in the in the water, so that your bathing suit is in the water, you walk only waist high in the in the water, you're already going to run into a problem because your swimming suit is going to get wet, and that's laundering, and that's going to be also uh, uh, potentially squeezing the water out. And then what Ramosha says, as far as the minig in this country is, we don't go ahead and wash the entire body, even if it's cold water, and even if you're not wearing any garments, there's a, an additional restriction against washing the entire body. So you have all of these different issues which are sort of uh, uh, running around over here, making it so that although in theory, there may be circumstances where it will be permitted to go ahead and swim on Shabbos, but Lemaisa, it's going to be very difficult to do so, especially when one of the prerequisites to be able to do so is that you're swimming without a bathing suit. So maybe if you have your own private pool contained in, uh, you know, completely in a fence, and it's dark out at night, it's Shabbos night, when you want to go ahead and you want to go swimming, and you may be able to go ahead and pull that off in the event that, there's a, that you're not wearing a bathing suit, and you don't have hair, but uh, short of that, so it's going to be very difficult to come up with uh, the necessary prerequisites to go ahead and allow swimming laps, certainly. But as we've seen, including the definition of swimming is even going to be uh, when you're vertical in the water rather than horizontal, even treading water or walking around with your bathing suit is already, would, already be, uh, would already be problematic. So for all practical purposes, uh, it's pretty safe to say that swimming on Shabbos is something which uh, one should not uh, should not uh, be doing, regardless of whether it's a river or lake, which is aser, according to technical halacha, or in a swimming pool, it's going to be aser, uh, not technically because of the gzeira, but uh, practically because of all of the other malachas which are going to be involved or could potentially be violated in the event that one were to go swimming on Shabbos.
So that is, I uh, hope I didn't ruin it. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.